Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about last night's Denver Nuggets win, as the Nuggets defeated the Portland Trailblazers' final score, 120-108. to Hope everybody's having a good Saturday so far, as I'm, I'm looking out my window right now, and Man, it is uh, it is snowing up a storm. It is is very very heavy right now, and gonna be interesting to see uh, if that if that abates at some point. But it doesn't look like it's uh, stopping anytime soon. Uh, I'm your host Ryan Blackburn. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars on Apple Podcast, Spotify would be dope. Uh, but if you're just watching on the YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. That obviously helps us grow and would be amazing to continue to see that happen. All right, let's chat about last night. Let's chat about the game. I've got a variety of things I want to go over, but first and foremost, it's going to be about Nikola Jokic and his return to the court. He looked great last night. It didn't look like he was bothered at all by the low back pain injury that he has been suffering with. Um, we'll talk about that. We will talk about Jamal Murray's nights and how they just kind of Jekyll and Hyde, but mostly Hyde, if we're being honest. Uh, we'll talk about other game notes as well as kind of where Denver stands through 50 games because they are 34 and 16 this year. They were 34 and 16 last year. So I think that was kind of a, a fascinating look at the standings and just kind of where everything stands. All right. Let's go over kind of the game flow here, Denver did a fantastic job last night of getting out to a great start, and it began on the defensive end because, good lord, did they put Anthony Simons in hell. And two of the biggest contributors to that were KCP and Nikola Jokic, especially early. Now, Anthony Simons heated up in the latter stages of the game, ultimately had a really nice effort, especially in the second half. But in the first half especially, he was in hell. And the reason was because Denver's playing this aggressive style of defense that they usually save for Damian Lillard. Now, they have experience playing it against the Blazers, and the Blazers, maybe they should have known that this was coming. But without uh, Shaden Sharp, without some like Jeremy Grant, some of the other guys, Denver was able to be a lot more aggressive on the ball against Simons, and it was giving him problems. And Jokic was the biggest reason for that, in my opinion. Like, as great as KCP is, bringing Jokic up into the action consistently, it was very visceral to see how good Denver's defense could be when they really locked in. Like, this, this year they are borderline top 10 within their team. But, like, even when Jokic is on the floor, like, this team's defense is really good now. And it It was just one of the first things that I noticed. Jokic throughout, he played 38 minutes, 27 points, 22 rebounds, 12 assists, one steal, two blocks, was a plus 20 in that time in a game that the Nuggets uh, won by 12, which means that in the 10 minutes that he didn't play, obviously they lost those those by uh, eight points. That's math. That's good. But he was just incredible. Like, Throughout this game, he was just disgustingly good, (laughs) and it was really, really impressive to see him come back from the pain that he had been suffering from, 
and just looked like the absolute beast that he's supposed to look like on a night-to-night basis. And Michael Malone postgame was talking about, man, if uh, <laughs> like you just can't take him for granted. And, and Malone probably has a because his job and his like responsibility and his kind of reputation as a coach is so often tied to the players. And he was very adamant about that when Denver, like when he won his 400th game against Milwaukee, he made sure to mention how great the players he's had. Like that's a very, very staunch reason for why he's so good uh, and why Malone has so much success, obviously. And he he's the first one to admit that. But it's fascinating to see like how good Jokic was tonight or last night, dominating in the middle of the floor, doing everything he could throughout the game. Like every single, it felt like every single miss that Denver had on the offensive end, Jokic was there like right under the rim to clean it up. Sometimes the ball didn't bounce his way, but he grabbed seven offensive rebounds. Was like the the actual shot chart that he had. I'm just gonna pull it up here, real quick. God, that's disgusting. Um, he took one three. It was a crazy three that he hit over DeAndre Ayton. And then the entire rest of his shot attempts were in the paint. Every single one. And that's how you know that Jokic is like taking this seriously. He's putting the team away. He's not messing around. The only shot attempt that he had outside of the paint was one where he caught the ball with like five, six seconds left on the shot clock. And, you know, it's like, you know what? I'll just hit this step back three over DeAndre Ayton. Sure, why not? Because that's just that's just what he does, I guess. But that was a, a great night for Nicola, and it's so clear that like he's at the peak of his powers right now. And he can impact the game in so many ways, but DeAndre Ayton had nothing for him. DeAndre Ayton last night, eight points, three rebounds in 27 minutes. That's insane. <laughs> Duop Reith out-rebounded him from the bench. Now, he did face bench guys during that time, but had 10 points and four rebounds in his 21 minutes. But it was just so distinctly like Jokic dominating the middle of the floor. So much so that Portland throughout the game, they were like, you know what? No, we can't involve Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll anymore. We can't attack him defensively because he's just going to bother Simons. He's just going to bother all of the actions that Portland was running. And it's so fascinating to see how that evolves. Now, this is against Portland. This is not against the best teams in the league. But it's so funny just seeing how Denver has struggled to guard Portland and guard Dame. For like They've gone over these battles for seven, eight, nine years. And just this is just a completely different flip. Throughout the game, uh, Jokic was great. I'll spend most of the first segment, obviously, talking about him. We'll get into some more game notes in the second segment. Uh, Got some questions earlier in the comments. Uh, Truth Teller's hopping in here. He says, Ryan, do you think Jokic can win MVP if SGA gets number one seed in the West? Yes, but it's going to be hard. Like You've got to make sure that Jokic's numbers are so much better than SGA's in general that like it's infallible. And I got to tell you, like, if estimated plus minus one of the, the metrics that Dunks and Threes uses, if that's any indication, SGA has been better on a per minute basis and has played more games. And so his actual gap is increasing because he's just played, I think, one more game than Joker uh, out of out of his uh, his time. And 
Like they have just been so so good. So I I'd be shocked. Like if if OKC wins the one seed, I would be surprised if Denver if Jokic got the MVP. So I think that's a kind of a mandatory thing that you're going to have to get. Um, like we will see, we'll see what ultimately happens. But Jokic has been like, look, and I, I know you're you're commenting for your guy here. He's been freaking insane. Like if I pull up the numbers, like you, you're mentioning the the box plus minus and the wind shares and the vorps and the schnorps and the things like that, as a as Zach Lowe would say. Uh, Jokic, let me just pull up the numbers here. He's been great, man. Like plus four, uh, 14.4 BPM is the greatest of all time. <laughs> like he is up over the win shares per 48 mark. He's leading. He's actually not leading in win shares right now, which is in- interesting. Um, but he's leading in a bunch of different categories and the true shooting is like back to crazy levels. He's a 32 PER. Like the usage rate has gone down a little bit. But the rebounding, if if he can continue to get that rebounding number up, that is where SGA is just never going to be able to compete with him there. And like the assist numbers will obviously help as well. So can't turn the ball over a ton. He's got to try to avoid the turnovers because those will knock down some of those numbers. But if he like has this incredible advanced stats case, then it's going to be hard to deny it. Like people will know that he is the best player in the NBA and will be willing to acknowledge it. I know, but. Pretty fascinating. Um, But yeah, hey, I mean, look, this was a game where it was so funny watching Jokic throughout it. And I'm good. I'll just spend these last couple minutes on this first segment on this. Jokic is. He was so good in this one. And being in the arena, I could get this sense of frustration from him for how everything around him was like not really going well. Like he was just kind of rolling his eyes a little bit when he had to enter the game in the second quarter after Denver's bench had basically blown the lead that he had generated. Like Jokic was a plus 15 in the first quarter. And then within four minutes, he comes back in and the, the Blazers are like down three because Deandre Jordan like really struggled during that stretch. Jamal Murray couldn't hit a shot. Reggie Jackson was really bad in that first stretch as well. And that's a that's a really, really tough place for Joker to be. Like Malone calls to him four minutes into the quarter, and Jokic goes, Ugh, and then gets up as slowly as he possibly can and walks over to the walks over to the scorer's table. And look, they ultimately right to the ship. It wasn't as bad in the second second half as it was the first half, but it's just one of those things where Denver can't put all of this on Jokic. They've got to be better in those minutes without him. And that comes down to Murray. If if Denver is going to stagger Murray and Jokic and, and play Murray in all of the minutes that Jokic doesn't play, uh, this is kind of a, a one-off shooting night, obviously, for Murray. And we'll talk about that next. But he's just got to like be better than this, especially against Portland. Like that, that can't. There are certain games where you can get away with it. And this was definitely one of them. We shouldn't want to get away with it every time. And I, I know that he doesn't. So it's funny. Like Actually, you know what? We'll save it for the second segment. But Jokic was great. He was unbelievably good. This was one of the best games I've seen from him this year. And that's saying something because he has a lot of damn great games. Uh, just 
very, very dominant. He was the passes that he was making, deflections, he was engaged, he was grabbing rebounds, he was hitting all the shots that he needed to. And like I said, that step back three over over Aiton, that was one where I was like, oh yeah, Denver's winning this one because like he is locked in and there's just no stopping Denver when he is. Like it's just a completely different level. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the rest of the team, go through some different notes and all. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our great friends over at Superbook, who are changing the game at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now you can use the promo code MILEHIGH and score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter that promo code, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support. Um, yeah, just if, if you can, just go subscribe to the Alley Oop if you're watching on YouTube. That would be tremendous. Um, I haven't linked it. I, I try to avoid linking things in the description for the pods because, like, it, it is my thing. And but I, I also don't want to cross pollinate as, as much as possible. But if you can, it would be awesome if you could go subscribe over there as I continue to grow. That side of things, I've just had a couple videos come out, including one about the Nuggets. So make sure you go check it out. It's talking with a whole bunch of different experts in their different fields, including uh, Brendan Vogt of DNVR. So had a grand old time over there. All right, let's chat about the rest of this game. Let's start with Murray's night. Uh, That's probably the best place to go. Uh, Jamal Murray, he sucked from the field. <laughs> it was, that was a, that's probably the best way to describe it. Five of 21 is, and 13 points is actually the worst shooting night of Jamal Murray's career. I looked this up last night. Out of all of the games in Murray's career where he's attempted at least 20 shots, at least 20, 13 points is the fewest points scored for him. Now, it doesn't help that he didn't get to the free throw line. It doesn't help that he put up 15 threes and just none of them went down. Uh, he's been so great from three this year. He's been shooting over 41%. He is now down under 40% after this one. Um, I will say that two of the threes that he attempted were end of quarter heaves. And like I, I don't blame him for missing those, obviously. But he still went three of 13 outside of that, and that's just not good enough. Like, he's got to be better, obviously. Now, Michael Malone post game was very quick to credit him for impacting the game in other ways. Had 10 assists. He had nine rebounds. He had a couple blocks. And I thought his defense for, for much of the night was actually pretty good. There were some folks that were pretty critical of it early. There's, I guess, a difference between first quarter defense and like the rest of the game. And I thought that for the rest of the game, his defense was very, very strong. Um, But I mean, five of 21 is five of 21. Like it's hard to sort of get past that, you know, but 
look, he was a plus nine and it, it didn't really impact Denver from a plus minus standpoint. Like he was plus nine in a game that the Nuggets, like they lost by or they, they won by 12. So it wasn't just like, like, oh man, Jamal was dragging them down to the depths. Like sometimes bad shooting nights happen and like everybody else shot pretty well. And that is great. Like Aaron Gordon was very efficient. Uh, Peyton Watson was very efficient. Reggie Jackson ultimately ended up being pretty efficient. And then just some of the margins weren't there. Like it was really just Jamal and Mike. Uh, Those guys have not been great uh, with their efficiency over the course of the past couple weeks, I would say. I wonder if they're getting tired. I wonder if they're getting exhausted. Murray has only missed 14 games. Uh, Basically, he, like if I go to his game logs here, he hasn't missed a game since um, December 12th. And he's, I think, been very, very adamant about just trying to play. Like, he's played 25 straight games. And that is, like, look, credit to him. Like, some of those games have been good. Some of those games have been bad. And I've been sharing a lot of stats about how he's been pretty solid. Um, he sees all the noise about, like, hey, he, he couldn't stay on the floor. I think he's trying to stay out there. Uh, he has only missed, like I said, uh, 14 games so far this year. So he is technically still eligible for, like, all NBA by the end of the year. He's not going to get that. Like, this this is a different level, and he's just not at that level. And that's, look, it is what it is. Um, but him being available has helped Denver's rotation, obviously. They have not been able to, like, they've clearly not been able to, um, like, when he sits, putting Jalen Pickett and putting like, Colin Gillespie into the rotation, that's just probably not great. Um, having Christian Brown run backup point guard, that's probably not great either. So, and obviously Julian Strother, who was active last night, I believe, um, like he just hasn't been available. So Denver's had to rely on Jamal pretty heavily. And I wonder if he could use a day of maintenance as well. Um, it's never perfect, but like uh, Dr. Van Ostrand says here, five more games until the break. You just got to get through it and and he'll get through it. Denver will get through it. It'll be just fine. Um, but yeah, I wonder if that's contributing to it. And like, you still can't shoot like shit like that. Like that's that was a pretty horrible, horrible shooting night. So, but look, talking to people in the locker rooms, talking to coaches, things like that. Like it is very tough. Like to uh, like sometimes shooters miss shots. And I posted this thing yesterday about like, look, sometimes Shay misses shots. Sometimes Steph misses shots. Like you can't just sit here and say. Oh yeah, Jamal is the only guy who's inconsistent and and like had like you can't have this bad of a shooting night if you want to be an all-star. Well, other guys have bad shooting nights. It's that Murray's have I think come a little bit more frequently, which that'll go away in the playoffs, I think, or at least for the vast majority of them will go away. But it was a good indication, I think, that he got involved in other ways at least. That was like that is something that he can put his hat on in the playoffs, even if the jumper isn't falling. Now, Aaron Gordon. Jumper was falling for Aaron Gordon, which is great. Like, it hasn't fallen for him for much of the season. But Gordon, 18 points in 28 minutes, 7 of 9 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, 3 of 3 from the line. Very efficient shooting from Aaron Gordon. It's funny because he wasn't really making shots at the beginning. I think it was 0 of 2 and then made his next 7. Um, 
but he had three assists at the beginning of the game. So throughout the night, like he was great. He was doing everything that he needed to do in order to dominate both on the interior and the perimeter. And that's a that's a great sign for Denver. Gordon started on uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I think, for, for much of this time. Then they eventually moved Murray onto Malcolm Brogdon, and that was a, a reasonable thing. But it was interesting to watch the way that these rotations sort of evolved. But uh, Gordon did a nice job. He was very, very good throughout the evening and thought his defense was pretty good. I really wish that he would have, uh, like for the the tip pass that Jokic had to him, I really wish he would have caught that and, and been able to dunk it. He tried to reverse it and got deflected while he got fouled and whatnot. But uh, there there are so many Jokic highlights that kind of go through, like they, they're lost to the world. Like the, the Jokic tip pass kind of punched it basically to KCP in the opposite corner. Those are always fun because like it takes such coordination and timing in order to be able to do that and the accuracy to be able to get it there. That was pretty cool. Uh, KCP gets fouled on that play. So another kind of lost highlight to the to the uh, the ether. But no, it's interesting to see. Gordon was great. It's hard to complain about any part of his night. This is the, uh, the version of Aaron Gordon that you're looking for. He was physical. He was athletic. Oh, and the the uh, open court windmill in transition was great. That was a that was a really really nice play, and it's funny like you never see that from Gordon anymore. Like when he gets out into transition like that, because he just hasn't. Uh, Denver had eleven fast break points last night. That was one, or that was those were two of them, and they were certainly worth it. So really good to see. Uh, Denver has uh, they've certainly done a lot there. They've certainly. Like their their transition offense has to get better. I thought it was actually pretty good last night. They just didn't get out and transition that much, but uh, it was still good to see for Denver. What else? Uh, KCP uh, dislocated his pinky finger on the best defensive possession of the season. That was cool. Uh, not not cool. Not not cool in any way, shape, or form. But uh, was a really really good night for KCP, who led the team in plus minus sixteen points, four of eight from the field, one of two from three. Seven of seven from the free throw line. Good on him for for getting to the free throw line and making those shots. A couple assists, had a block. But the actual, like the best defensive possession was with about four minutes left to go in the game. Isolated against Anthony Simons and Simons just could not get anywhere. KCP looked like a shadow, although his hair was bouncing around during that time. I, I swear, like when guys have the hair that bounces around, it, it doesn't just like stay stuck to their skin or their their skull like it looks so much more athletic and he looked like he was just an absolute menace just just giving simon's absolute hell and that was cool that was a nice nice moment and like he was very very pumped up about it the nuggets were pumped up about it that it received a a whole bunch of applause from ball arena when i was there and he reacts to it and then he looks down at his hand it's like okay, this is dislocated. I got to go over to the got to go over to the trainers, and they ultimately call timeout or not timeout, but they get him out of the game. And apparently, he dislocated his pinky finger on that possession. Not even sure where and when it happened, but it dislocated and it's on his shooting hand. So we'll see whether that affects his shooting in any way, shape, or form. But uh, KCP's a tough dude. He uh, he just kind of shrugged it off. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what comes of that. But really nice defensive possession. KCP leading the team in plus minus last night. 
making that first team case. Good stuff from KCP. Peyton Watson came off the bench and looked very good in 22 minutes. It actually took him a while to look good. I don't think that he had a good game for really the first three quarters of it. But in that fourth quarter, he was much better. He hit a couple threes. He was out in transition. He was defensive. He got his block in the fourth quarter. Like he was just everywhere. And that's that's nice. That's good to see. And I think it was it's interesting to see what actually happened there. Because Peyton Watson wasn't having a great game. He picked up four fouls in the first three quarters. Christian Brown only plays eight minutes last night. But Peyton Watson plays 22. And Justin Holiday replaced Christian Brown in the rotation in the second half. Michael Malone decided, you know what? Whatever happened in the first half, we are not letting that happen in the second half. And so the changes that he made to the rotation were... Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray stay out there. Peyton Watson stays out there. But rather than have DeAndre Jordan out there, we're going to bring back in Aaron Gordon. And then we're going to bring in Justin Holiday off the bench, which I thought was fascinating. Um, because I thought that Peyton was worse than Christian in the first stint, for sure. But Denver decides to go with Justin Holiday, And rather than go with four guards... um. They decide to go with a forward. Yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe I'm misremembering here. Maybe this is something because Rob says Piwat also had a good first stint. It was kind of like cut short by fouls, but like he also didn't get involved on the glass at all. He had a couple makes, but it was like he was also getting dusted. And then in the third quarter, he was getting dusted by both Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. They were targeting him in the in the third quarter. And then he responded in the fourth quarter in kind, and that was that was great to see. But it's also like, I think his trust level is just higher right now. And he also plays a position as, as a power forward that's a little bit different than Christian. So rather than going small with four guards, Denver decides, you know, we're going to keep it kosher. We're just going to replace Justin Holiday in there. And just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as Denver, like they play again tomorrow against the same team. And I wonder, like, I assume Christian will be back out there, but I'm very curious as to see what it looks like. That's going to be very fascinating. And then uh, final thing here, Michael Porter. Uh, also, there's there's some off-the-court stuff that Michael Porter's probably got to address uh, that will, like, maybe I'll get into it, but I'm probably not. Um, Michael Porter was not good this last game. He missed a bunch of open shots that were like, there's a difference between some of the shots that Murray takes where he's like creating some shots off the dribble. They're in rhythm, but like they're tougher shots. Porter was just like bricking some open threes and only grabbed four rebounds on a night where Jokic grabs 22, obviously. Murray grabs nine, so not as many rebounds to go around, but uh, still did not really like the way that Porter played. There were a couple of decent defensive possessions and like that that is what it is but it was a like he had a couple of uh he had a couple threes that that I did like but it's it's also a thing where he could be looking tired he could be feeling tired heading into the all-star break because he has not missed a game like i i just credited Jamal Murray for playing 25 straight games in a row Michael Porter's played 50 straight games in a row so i want to like give him the benefit of the doubt there from a physical perspective and like as somebody that's dealt with a back injury for much of his career. So that is, some, or much of his 
NBA career. Um, that is something that like I I have to remember. But Porter hasn't had a really good game in a while. Like it's been it's been a little bit here, and in some situations where he's getting open shots, he has an opportunity to step up. Just hasn't really stepped up lately. So I am hoping to see what actually occurs from it. Um, I actually disagree with this here, uh, that Mike alongside Reggie and Jamal is a waste of his minutes. And the reason why I disagree is because like when those guys, Reggie and Jamal, when they are creating shots in pick and roll, like I think Denver needs to do a better job of moving the ball in, in those situations as opposed to just looking to score in the pick and roll. But Mike is there for the spacing. Mike is there so that he can help out with that. And there are also times where they run some guard guard or or like one four action where Mike is actually setting a screen for Jamal. And I think that they should probably get to that a little bit more consistently. But the problem is that when the ball gets swung to Mike, if he doesn't have the open shot, the other kind of alternatives there are he creates an isolation, he drives to the rim, or he just pulls up and shoots a three, or he like passes it back. So I understand why you're saying that. Like I think that Jokic creates better catch and shoot opportunities for Mike than somebody like Reggie Jackson or Jamal Murray would. But I do think that that's it's just gonna have to happen because in the playoffs this is going to be a thing. Like they will probably play a bench lineup that features Jamal, Reggie, P. Watt, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Like they'll probably play those five guys several minutes in a playoffs. And they're going to have to figure it out. Like that's just going to have to be a thing. And Mike's going to have to hit the open shots when they come to him. Like he did have some open shots and Murray was looking for him. Like he was looking for him in transition. He was like hunting for him. And there, there were plenty of opportunities where Jamal swings the ball over to Mike and it just it just did not go in. And that happens. But like people gotta know. Like this this could have been a game where Mike goes seven of ten from three instead of three of ten. And like we're all spoiled by his shooting ability, assuming that he's gonna shoot 45-50% from three every night. Sometimes it doesn't happen and he's just gotta like get back to it. Alright, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss. Denver being 34 and 16 at this point of the season. We will be right back. But first, good morning, Broncos. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Um, there were comments made by. Michael Porter on a podcast that he did with I, I don't even remember who it was like I, I just I, I'm not going to like fully address this because I don't I don't feel comfortable fully addressing this because I don't know everything and I don't know what the context was and you just pull a clip from something and like that can obviously have crazy ramifications because you don't have the context but there was a clip that was circulating around social media last night about Michael Porter talking about women's basketball and why the women's game is not as lucrative and talk about opportunities for women and whatnot. And I just, a little bit disappointing, obviously, just because like 
Porter's playing in Brianna Stewart's shoes, like her her signature shoe. He has a couple sisters. His mom was Miss Basketball in the state that they grew up. And like Mike should have more of a better perspective than he displayed in that clip. And that's just a little bit disappointing to see like that sort of perspective here because like the women's game is growing like it or not, like it or not for a lot of people, the women's game is growing and it's becoming better and better and better. You're getting awesome. Like Sabrina Ionescu is is about to have a three point contest with Steph Curry over all-star weekend. Caitlin Clark is killing people (laughs) at, at Iowa. She's been just absolutely decimating people and the women's game. Like, look, it may not be for everyone, but the fact that it is for some people, like, you shouldn't demean it for that reason. Like, it's unfortunate that that is where that perspective kind of came from. I, I'm not sure exactly what Mike was going for with that, but look, he's got to be better. I assume that there will be, like, I'll probably ask him about it on Sunday. I don't even know if he knew about it by the time tip-off um, really occurred. and. Like I didn't think that it was the right time. And then Nicole Jokic ran to the podium basically last night. So my uh, my job was changed up a little bit by that schedule. But no, it's, uh, it's frustrating to, to see that for sure. And I hope that he continues to improve, I guess. I, I don't know. But like I'll, I'll probably ask him about it on Sunday or at least somebody will. All right. Final segment here. Denver's 34 and 16 through 50 games. They were exactly 34 and 16 through 50 games last year, as Dr. Van Nostrand notes. Uh, this was a like an interesting season for Denver so far because like Denver last year, if you recall, they got off to a much slower start than they did this last year, or than they did this year. And it took Denver a while. It was actually the December 8th game in Portland that really sort of turned some things around for Denver, where I think they were like 18 and 11 at that point. Not too crazy. But then they went on a massive, massive streak and were just winning games over and over and over again. And it's a very, very important aspect of understanding how a season flows. Because not all seasons are going to be the same. And this season where Denver's 34 and 16 is a little bit different from last year where they were 34 and 16 at this time. Because last year, Denver was trying to prove it for the entire season. They're trying to figure out like whether they could be at that level. And it was around a month from now, March 2nd, March 3rd or whatever, that final game that they played against the Grizzlies where they were like, I don't know, 41 and 17 or something absurd like that at that point. And they got to that threshold and it was just so clear by that point that they didn't really have anything left to prove in the regular season. And so they kind of shut it down. They messed around for a little bit. People used that as an excuse to kind of go against them and pick against them. If you remember, that was not me. Ryan knew exactly the level that they had reached and was pretty comfortable with where they were at. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating to see the differences between the game flow and the season flow for this. Denver's been pretty steady this year. I don't want to say that they've gone on like any crazy runs. Like, let me just pull up the the schedule here real quick, just so I'm I'm not talking out of my butt. 
Um, yeah, like Denver, it feels like they are winning most of their games. It's interspersed with a loss here or there. They have not lost more than one game in a row since December 8th, which is interesting. The last losing streak that Denver has was December 2nd, December 6th, and December 8th. And that was the stretch, like, that was the first of those games was the second night of a back-to-back. Then they have three days off, and it gets a little bit weird. And then Jokic has this 9 of 32 game, and then another, like, poor shooting game against the Houston Rockets. And everybody loses their minds. It's Armageddon. And since then, Denver has not lost multiple games in a row. Like, that was game That was game 23. It's been a little bit. And they're not going to be perfect. Nobody's asking for them to be perfect. But on the road, they had a 3-2 a and two road trip, which was nice. It kind of bookended by some tough losses, but you're going to lose every now and then. They lost to OKC most recently against, like, by without Jokic. And whether they had Jokic or not, it, who knows whether that would have changed the result. But there have been a couple losses here or there, like the OKC home loss. Uh, but uh, that was a that was it's actually a couple of those that not super great. But in general, like if I look at the losses that they've sustained in the last twenty seven games, OKC, OKC, Orlando at home, Utah on the road, Philly on the road, New York on the road, OKC on the road. So like last twenty seven games are twenty and seven. It feels like they are in a really, really good place. And I'm hopeful that they don't just slow down and like they, they don't feel like they can now rest the entire time. Because, like, look, the standings, if you look at them pretty consistently, Denver's fourth. They have 16 losses. The other teams that are around them, OKC, Minnesota, and the LA Clippers, are barely losing right now. Like... OKC is 7 and 3 in their last 10. Minnesota 6 and 4. LA, uh, the Clippers are 8 and 2. Like the Clippers are legit and they are dominating right now. Uh, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like going forward, but it certainly feels like the Clippers are are rounding into form and they may not slow down. Like they are one of those teams that I think a lot of people thought that they would be resting their guys a little bit more frequently than they are, but Kawhi is playing a lot. Paul George is playing a lot, and James Harden's pretty much playing every night. So uh, that is a that is a dangerous, dangerous team from a standings perspective too. Like Denver may end up being the four seed, and I think that their playoff chances go down if they're the four seed. If they're the three seed, look, it is what it is. If they're the two seed, it's better. If they're the one seed, that you're going to have the best odds because you're you're just never going to start any series on the road until maybe the NBA Finals. But for Denver, if they can continue to sustain that and continue to like really apply that pressure to those teams up at the top, that can really, really benefit them. Now, looking at the point differentials, looking at the schedules, looking at everything kind of involved, I think that OKC is going to be the one seed. I don't think that Minnesota is. They have done some good things, but there's just some... There's some gaps in what Minnesota's been doing. And like, they look like the shakiest of the top four right now, in my opinion. The Clippers look great. Denver looks very, very good. Um, it's been been interesting to see. Um, 
what is going on in the chat right now? Why is everybody complaining about like what what is going? I, I what whatever. I do not care. Um, <laughs> guys, Jamal is going to stick around, and Mike is going to stick around, and they're probably going to win another title. Like just chillax. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Sometimes, like. I'm allowed to say that they had bad nights and like also not use that as a referendum on who they are and what they're going to be in a playoff series in April or May or June. Like they're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, Look at this stage last. Actually, you know, what? let me just read this quote from Nikola Jokic, who was talking about this last night. I asked I asked uh, Nikola Jokic. Denver was 34 and 16 last year. Have you noticed any differences in how you guys have played? Jokic said, I like that we are playing with the same effort. It's not like we won a championship and we're going to go easy. We still want to compete and we still want to be better. And I'm glad that he has taken on that approach because Denver has, like, and you said that quote on TNT as well, where he's like competing against last year's Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets are competing against last year's version of themselves, trying to outdo themselves trying to be better, not just hold their hat on what they did last year. And that is a good sign. That's a good, good place. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this team and, and where they kind of go. Because, look, trade deadline's coming up. It's going to be interesting to see whether Denver can add anything to this group. But for the vast majority, like their top eight is going to be their top eight. Like That's, that's just how it's going to be. Their starters. Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, and Peyton Watson. And you might include Justin Holiday into that mix. Like, he's probably your ninth man. I think Christian Brown's still probably your, your eighth man, but now Peyton Watson has really moved up. And Reggie Jackson has been very interesting, like, throughout the year. Like, it's not been perfect, but I think Reggie has been better than a lot of people expected. And you just have to step back and understand that Denver's they're they're not going to go to Jamal plus four bench guys like in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. They're going to stagger multiple starters, maybe even three of them, in the minutes that Jokic doesn't play because everybody plays forty minutes and that'll be just fine. They will survive. So, look, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Jamal going five of twenty one. That might be a little bit on the nose, but I'm just not like. Look, sometimes the shots don't go in and you have to find ways to impact the game in other ways. And Murray did that last game and he will continue to do that going forward. And I think Denver, as a team, understands what they have to do, what they have to accomplish. And like, if they can get the one seed, if they could get the two seed, then great. Three seed or four seed is probably more likely because of the pacing that the Clippers and the Thunder are on. But I still think that Denver can challenge for that top seed. And if they get it, then Jokic will probably be the MVP. And Denver will probably win a title. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by your friends over at Superbook Sports. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. I will be back tomorrow. Swipe and I are doing weekends with Swipe tomorrow. Uh, no Sunday football, which is going to be good uh, for, for the audience here. We will preview uh, Denver's game against Portland once again, see if there's anything that we can kind of take away from that. Swipe and I are also going to do some trade deadline chatter, so make sure to tune in to the show and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody leave the like on the way out. We'll talk to you guys very soon.